of uh, Shanghai and Shenzhen stock exchanges later on today. In Australia, first of all, the ASX 200 is down 1.5%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan has tumbled 1.4%. Over in South Korea, the Cosby right now is down about 1.3%. Uh, the futures markets are all over the place this morning in terms of trying to indicate where Hong Kong is going to open. Looks like at the moment, the Hang Seng is going to open down about another 1% on top of last week's big falls. That's about 240 points. Uh, Brent crude oil trading right now at $55.59 a barrel. Gold, not surprisingly, moving up. It's at $1,589 an ounce. And in the currency markets, the Japanese yen, that's the safe haven currency, it's at 108.4 against the US dollar. We'll have all the latest updates for you tomorrow morning on Money Talk at 8 o'clock. Let me give you an update on the weather first. Uh, mainly cloudy with sunny intervals. The maximum temperature is going to be about 21 degrees, one or two light rain patches at night. Slightly cooler and windy with a few rain patches in the next couple of days. Temperature right now is 17 degrees, 80% relative humidity. Back chat coming up after the news with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse. 8.31 with that news, here's Ben Che. Health authorities on the mainland have announced that 56 more people have died in Hubei province, taking the total number of fatalities from the coronavirus outbreak to 360. It means more people on the mainland have died of the new virus than the 2003 SARS epidemic. Hong Kong's Center for Health Protection announced the 16th local case yesterday. One woman is in a critical condition. Thousands of public hospital workers are set to begin strike action this morning, with no sign of the government agreeing to their demand for a full closure of the SAR's borders. The head of the hospital authority, Tony Ko, made a last-ditch appeal to medics not to walk out, saying their action would only lead to suffering for patients. Dr. Ko says he doesn't know exactly how many staff will strike yet, but he expects it to be in the thousands. He agrees that reducing human traffic can minimize the spread of the virus, but says there are better ways for staff to make their points. I think many colleagues, though they may choose different ways to express the view, we do share the common goals. It's really the way of expressing the views from a surface perspective, a provision perspective, and for the benefit of the patients and the staff. Uh, I do not think it is a good way to express a view by going on strike. I believe there are many other ways we can have better communication and reflection of views. Dr. Ko says those who strike will be held responsible for their actions. Penalties will be looked at on a case-by-case basis, subject to human resources guidelines. There were further clashes between protesters and undercover police in Meifu last night, as residents continue to protest against plans to convert a lodge nearby into a quarantine site for people who have had contact with coronavirus patients. Police officers in plain clothes used batons as they subdued several men who tried to block a street. And turning overseas, police investigating an Islamist terrorist incident in South London have confirmed that the attacker had only been released from jail several days ago. The man has been named as 20-year-old Sudesh Aman. He was shot dead by British police after stabbing two people in Streatham on Sunday afternoon. The BBC's Duncan Kennedy is there. He was recently released from prison, having served three years for terrorist-related offences. He was actually released halfway through that three-year term at the end of last month. And that's our understanding, is why he was under police surveillance and why and how police were able to intervene in this incident this afternoon and shoot him pretty soon after he started stabbing those people. 
it's not clear what the surveillance operation involved. What we do know, two people injured, a man and a woman. Another woman was injured later on during the police shooting. The police intervene, firing at least three shots, and this man, Aman, is shot dead, later declared dead at the scene. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. More today on measures to control the spread of the coronavirus in Hong Kong. Thousands of healthcare workers are set to strike today. They're urging the government to completely close down the border, wanting this is the only way to protect Hong Kong from the worsening outbreak. Latest numbers from China's National Health Commission show 57 deaths on Sunday, yesterday, up from 45 a day earlier. Meanwhile, the 16th local case has been reported. Well, your thoughts, your comments are welcome. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. Everyone can read it there. Uh, or you can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, although we do have a lot of emails and we may have to edit for length and maybe we won't get to all of them, I'm afraid. Or you can simply give us a call. And our telephone number is 233-88266. We'd love to hear from you. 233-88266 is the number. Uh, we're joined in this first part of the programme by Executive Councillor and uh, Chairwoman of the New People's Party, Regina Yip, and edu Education Sector Lawmaker, Ip Kin Yun. Once again, if you want to comment, give us a call, 233-88266. Just before we get to our guests, some of the uh, emails uh, that have come in uh, in between the last programme on Friday and uh, today, as I say, we'll have to cut them a little bit. Uh, Philip says, fish head soup, ham bone soup, chicken soup, good genes and a good immune system will be better for you than some of the tosh I've been hearing this morning. That comes from Philip. Thank you. John says, the current health alert further demonstrates the need for RTHK broadcasting English news in Hong Kong. It's not a luxury. It's more than essential. And John says, from the RTHK news, a group of doctors and nurses at Prince of Wales Hospital warned that the public health system could crumble unless all visitors from the mainland are banned to prevent the spread of the virus. Can any doctor in Hong Kong answer a straight question? What is the present capacity of the hospitals? How many spare beds? Go to a public hospital and you can see the overflow of patients in the wards. Last year I went to visit a friend in Queen Mary. Ward E6 was overloaded. Patient beds in the aisles. It's already a public health emergency. Doctors avoiding answers causes fear and distrust. I guess the answer is that the public hospitals are at 100% capacity. No spare beds, no spare doctors. Centre for Health Protection or and or HA should be forced to provide data every week. That comes uh, from uh, John. Just, um, just a, a, I think an immediate response to that, John, is that I think it depends a lot on the hospitals. I think it varies a, a great deal from hospital to hospital. I'm not sure that they're all full up. Okay, first up this morning Hang is... Hang on, Whee. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, a couple more, Mike. Okay, uh, you're in on this one anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is from uh, Richard, uh, Richard P., uh, who says the medical profession, professional you invited on Friday almost all suggested quarantine as a solution to halting the coronavirus. Apart from Harry, the cartoonist who suggested Government House as a suitable venue, here are three more suggestions. PLA Barracks in Kowloon Tong, Sekong and Stanley. Uh, 
uh, all PLA staff to be relocated to Stonecutters. Uh, requisition selected hotels in remoter areas, e.g. Disneyland and Chartin. Three, floating hotels by chartering passenger vessels. Floating casinos. Please ask Mike Rouse to comment. He should know all these ideas are feasible. The Japanese government selected several hotels uh, for this purpose. OK, I, well, I was a bit surprised to hear myself named as an expert on places for putting people in quarantine. But, uh, OK, I'll offer my opinion. <laughs> I, I like the floating uh, ferries idea. Um, that, that would work. Uh, there seems to be wherever there is a suggestion in the urban area, uh, residents nearby go nuts. Mm. And I think we're in a very febrile um, atmosphere at the moment. So, but somewhere more secluded, uh, Stanley Peninsula, uh, I don't think the military are... Opposed to helping out in Hong Kong, um, putting them in stone cutters, or even sending a few back to Shenzhen. I mean, we're not under attack by external forces except uh, allegedly this virus. So maybe give us a Stanley for a while, uh, put people there. There's there's two obvious solutions. Okay. Well, joining us, as I say, is uh, Regina Yip and Ip Kinyan this, this morning for the first part. Uh, Miss Ip, good morning to you, Regina Yip. Thanks for for joining us today. Um, so uh, the headline news really today is the uh, is the, I, I guess is that strike by healthcare workers, and we'll see today how that develops and what's likely to happen tomorrow. What's your reaction to the strike? What's your message? What would your message be to the people who who are thinking of uh, taking industrial action today? I noticed that the leaders they are not really medical staff, you know, you know the the spokespersons on the TV screen I've seen, you know. None of them seem to be really frontline medical staff, They're information staff, accounting staff. You know, of course, I understand the anxieties of the frontline medical people, but that's part of their profession. That's all part of the profession they chose. Just like frontline policemen, firemen, immigration staff, customs. Three customs officers were killed recently in a in a, a collision. It's all part of the risks. And at this difficult time, we need we need frontline medical staff. And I think it would be highly deplorable if they have called a strike for political reasons. Right. Regina, good morning. This good seems morning. such a contrast with 2003 when our medical staff were heroes, almost yes. without exception. Yes. Uh, I especially remember the lady doctor uh, who had been widowed, but she volunteered for the SARS wards. And everyone admired our nurses and doctors. This is such a contrast. Yes, so much of the so much has changed the atmospherics of our society, the work ethics, you know, the outlook of young people. They have changed radically from the dedicated professionals uh, who sacrificed themselves to save Hong Kong back in two thousand three. We all saw that, and we greatly respected and respected and admired their, their courage. It's really highly disappointing. This, as your point there was that the, the people who seem to be leading this new union are seem to be predominantly administrative support staff rather than medical staff themselves. Is that a, is that a glimmer of hope? Um, well, um, I think they are very good at uh, fueling fears. And I note that at their age, it's a new union that they founded. Right. Um, um, at the AGM, only 10 voted against uh, the decision to go on strike. 
uh, I think as many as 3,000 supported that. Of course, if you, number one, if you feel fears, you know, save yourself. And also they use a slogan, close all border control points to save Hong Kong, you know. Uh, this is uh, highly contagious. I think they misled people into believing that uh, by going on strike, they can save Hong Kong, which is totally untrue. And people who advocated shutdown never explained what they meant by it, how many to shut down, for how long, uh, what is the impact and how to go about it. Right. We think could possibly shut down the airport. Well, you think, uh, okay, of course, this is a view which is expre- which is also supported by uh, political parties, including the Liberal Party, and also even by the head of the hospital authority. Said he agreed with the with the points made by the healthcare workers. What what do you think? Do you think that the border? Well, actually, should, I, do you think? I, well, let me put it like this: Do you think that the border traffic should be minimized so that, yes, for example, health well, minimizing tra- border traffic is different from shutting down all control points. Uh, I received this morning the latest traffic figures from government, which is in my cell phone, so I, I can't read them out to you now. But the, the traffic, you know, the, the cross-border traffic predominantly are Hong Kong people. You know, the mainland travelers, you know, the mainland visitor traffic is going down very rapidly. I think if we close more border control points or take more drastic measures to discourage cross-border traffic, the numbers will slow to a trickle. But there are some people who need to cross the borders, you know. Even, well, the, I know the advocates of shutdown say, we are not advocating shutting down the flow of goods or food supplies. Hey, remember, a lot of the foods and other supplies, they are uh, ferried across the border by cross-border drivers from the mainland. Uh, is it the there's case that essential, there's some essential cross-border traffic which must be maintained? What, what about stopping all non-essential? For example, people working in Shenzhen, people working over the border. Maybe that that should be stopped. Well, Hong Kong people, they have the, the right of a boat to, to enter. They have the right of freedom of movement under the basic law. We cannot restrict that. We can only advise them, encourage them not to do it. You know, and there are cross-border families. Actually, the government is contemplating measures to further restrict the, the flow of people. Oh, this now this is this is not helping the Greater Bay Area, is it? At least temporarily. Well, temporarily, you know, uh, the, the main, mainland cities, you know, shutting themselves down, lockdown mainland cities. That's not helping the mainland economy. But these are emergency measures, temporary emergency measures that we must adopt until the epidemic dies down. Uh, when weather gets hotter, when things are under control, you know, I think many medical experts pointed out that these uh, uh, virus, you know, they, they, will, they can't be sustained in hot and humid weather. And these virus sort of self-destruct over a while. Right, but the, but, but the next few weeks will be critical. Yeah, I mean, there's no mystery about where this is coming from. We know exactly where it's True. coming from. When we, and, and we know there are cases in Shenzhen, and we know there are cases in the mainland. Uh, it's you know, any country in the world surely would would want to put a barrier up and to stop people. And this is what is being done in the mainland itself around around a great well, many cities. The, the government already announced uh, shutting down six control points on 24... Yeah, where no, which no one is using. And banning all visitors from Hubei on uh, 27 Jan. You know, the government's contemplating more measures, but it is uh, unrealistic. Um, but shutting all control points is not the answer. Definitely not the airport. 
but we need to do something about transit, transit passengers um, from the mainland. Uh, at the airport, we need to do something about it. Right. Will Exco look at this again tomorrow? Uh, I can't, you know, I can't disclose uh, the agenda of Exco. Right. But it, in the but circumstances... This is a very important issue that we are, all Exco members are highly concerned about, and we've been giving advice to the government. For example, when people talk about 14-day quarantine, I totally agree with that. You need to find places for segregation, isolation. You know, we're right. talking about large numbers and you need a lot of facilities. And I already suggested vessels, you know, the 60 hectares of land near Disney. A government could build prefet units. A lot of the, these options that, um, that uh, you, you suggested mm. earlier. My party already put that forward. Okay. Uh, Ibkin Yun is with us. Ms. Ip, good morning to you. Good morning. Yes. Thank you for, for joining us. Do you, do you support closing the border? I think uh, uh, closing the border is obviously the answer. But I think uh, we should not uh, define, uh, we have to define very clearly what uh, it means by closing down uh, the border. Uh, I, I don't think people are suggesting that we will stop everything. Uh, and there are certain some things, certainly some things that we should keep. Uh, for example, the uh, flowing of uh, goods uh, between the borders and 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 uh, and also I think well uh, we are uh, I think for example I have been advocating that now we should stop uh, travelers from mainland uh, to visit Hong Kong uh, because of you know, we we don't want the spread of ours and also you know the, the the Hong Kong citizens coming back from mainland may also carry the the virus, so we have to do certain things. Obviously, they should uh, return to Hong Kong, but we might need to have some medical checkup uh, at the border, and also uh, we might have to uh, you know, identify people who need to be uh, quarantined for, for a certain period of time. So that, that we should have, uh, we should uh, make every effort to minimize to, uh, uh, to to reduce the number uh, of people from uh, coming to Hong Kong uh, that might you know, uh, uh, you know, increase the risk of spreading the virus. So I think well, uh, people are angry because the government has uh, seemingly has, has has not done uh, much enough to uh, help to ease the problem. Mrs. M. Well, I think we are coming closer to a consensus. The answer is not complete shutdown. We want to, we don't want to shut out our own Hong Kong passengers stranded in the mainland or overseas, you know. And we don't want to shut down, shut out people who have important business and who really need to cross the border, you know. But uh, we should restrict the, the flow of people at control points. Uh, you notice that yesterday, public security ministry just announced they will stop issuing all tour permits, individual visit scheme permits, as well as the Shamjan one trip per week, per week permits. So this is being discussed. I'm sure the government is discussing with mainland authorities. You know, shutting down the border is not just a, 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 a Hong Kong issue. You need to work with the other side. You cannot shut abrupt, abruptly 
so that all the people with permits or with transport lined up have to are stranded at our, our border on the other side. You need to work with the other side, and that's what the government is doing. Well, isn't that exactly what the measures that have been taken widely in, in the mainland to, to uh, immediately oh, that, se- seal off? Uh, well, okay. But also, when it, when it comes to the right of people to, to leave and, and come back to uh, Hong Kong, is there nothing that can be done under the Emergency Regulations Ordinance, for example? If we can ban masks, why can't we yeah. control the flow of people? doesn't have the Bill of Rights. It's a totally different... OK, but we have... The, what about the emergency... What about the ERO? Well, can't we use that? Well, the, you know, that has been ruled unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. The government is appealing that. It has gone to the Court of Appeal pending mm. judgment. It's for the government, naturally, in consultation with us in due course, um, whether to use a ERO pending appeal. OK, some, some thoughts That's from listeners. That's a legal issue. OK, Martin says, uh, I'll have to edit this for length, uh, how different was Hong Kong's community spirit during SARS in a heartwarming display of camaraderie, self-sacrifice and empathy for fellow human beings? Now yeah. over health, uh, and now over 8,000 healthcare workers give an ultimatum to the government to close borders or they will go on strike. Not only is that against their professional ethics, it will mainly hurt the grassroots citizens who rely on public health care. Unlike during SARS, we also have no deaths from the coronavirus, but soon we might have deaths which can be linked directly to our Zen xenophobic healthcare workers who prefer to play politics by going on strike, neglecting their duties towards patients and their colleagues. Uh, S says, so now the government is trying to set up quarantine centres in residential areas? How absurd. And Matthew says, uh, question for Regina Yep. I just landed back in Hong Kong. There seems to be absolutely no additional controls in place for arriving passengers. No forms, no additional checks. How can that be? Meanwhile, the... Uh, presumably he's landed, so I assume it's probably at uh, the airport. Check that call. Uh, Matthew says, meanwhile, the obsolete, useless, time-wasting checks on everyone entering the, rainport, the airport, entering the airport remain belligerently in place. The New York Times and others have already published exposés detailing how this crisis arose from the CCP's habitual insistence on putting their own political survival ahead of the Chinese people. That is the nature of the CCP's dictatorship. Uh... Uh, Regina, you are an ex-co member. Will you now denounce the poor handling of this issue by the CCP and Hong Kong government? Apologise to Hong Kong people for not putting them first and now stand up and insist the appropriate measures be immediately taken, including temporarily closing the border. That's from Matthew. Ms Yip? Well, I already explained, you know, we shouldn't be... uh, Closing down all the control points is not the right answer. Closing the border is only a slogan. It is one of those slogans which sound attractive but doesn't really work in practice. But I agree totally with Dr. Ko as well, Yip Kim Yun. Uh, restricting the flow of people is the right answer. We have to let Hong Kong people stranded in the mainland or outside Hong Kong to come in. If there are control points uh, which is lacks in checking health, implementing health checks, uh, let me know which one, and I will report to the government. I saw on TV, you know, some health uh, inspectors telling the, the visitors, uh, you only need to put down your name address in the, in the health declaration form. Don't need for ID card. That's wrong. I already told Sophia Chen that should be corrected. Full details should be reported to assist tracking. 
Okay, uh, S says, please don't blame the work ethics of medical workers. These medical staff have learnt something from SARS, and so there is no need to compare to SARS and still expect medical staff to continue risk their lives. During SARS, nobody knew how the virus would spread so fast. The medical staff have made suggestions that we can close borders and also that the citizens can be brought back in quarantine. Take examples from the mainland where they've shut down borders. That comes from S. I wonder how we can distinguish even among Hong Kong people. I mean, some are coming back from the mainland who've been temporarily away. Um, others are, are based more or less permanently in the mainland these days, but they still well, have Hong Kong identity cards. What do we do well, with them? We actually have over 1,000 Hong Kong citizens um, still in uh, Hubei province, you know, and right. many of them have been advised to stay put. You know, transport links have been... Um, greatly reduced because yes. Hubei is under shutdown. In the mainland, a lot of the transport uh, facilities have been greatly reduced, you know, to in accordance with WHO guidelines to minimize the movement of people and to enforce social distancing. So actually, those in the mainland, unless they really need to come back to Hong Kong, they should stay put. And any Hong Kong resident coming back on the mainland should be quarantined. But because we're talking about large numbers, so right. the government has to find sufficient quarantine facilities, and they are working on it. So you would I allow, every, you would you allow everyone back in, but subject to quarantine? If you look at the figures released by the government, the great majority of the cross-border travellers are Hong Kong residents. Right. Uh, Ipkin Yun, while you're here, just an education angle on this. Um, the government has extended the, the period of the, the school holiday, effectively, until the end of this month uh, now. But uh, uh, as far as I know, teachers are, are required to, will be required to go to school. Do, what do you think of that? Do you think that's uh, appropriate? I think it's appropriate uh, because I, know, uh, we, I think well, uh, school have to close down uh, uh, temporarily. Uh, no, uh, you know, to avoid uh, you know, the potential uh, spread of the virus. I think that this also applies to what we are expecting the government to do at the border. You know, if the government is not doing, uh, uh, trying its best to minimize, uh, to c c control the traveling across the border, you know, we will have to rely on you know, uh, individuals and the schools and, and, and all the communities to shut down uh, the communication uh, within the city. Uh, so I think uh, we should uh, ask the government to do its best to, to uh, try to improve its efforts uh, uh, at the border. I think the, the request by the medical sector is very reasonable. You know, uh, uh, learning from the past, we know in 2003, uh, the medical uh, workers have to sacrifice, have to sacrifice themselves uh, during the, uh, no, uh, the disaster. But uh, no, we don't want to repeat that. If the, if we allow people to travel into Hong Kong very freely, although you no, know, uh, uh, the government say, say says that you know, the number of travelers from mainland is reducing, uh, no, to you know, the number of uh, around twenty thousand a day. But it still you know, represents a, as a major threat. Uh, so I think well, we should do something about that. Uh, if we uh, calculate, you know, if the uh, uh, the people who might carry uh, the virus might only you know, uh, compose of you no know, 
1%, that would account for 200 people per day. So it's really, really high risk. And, and how come we you know, allow people to come, in, to, to come to Hong Kong? At the same time, we ask our medical workers to sacrifice their lives uh, uh, during the course. I, 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 I don't think uh, no, uh, we should do it like that. So we should learn from the 2003 lessons that we you know, uh, to try our best to restrict the traveling, and then uh, we, we, we will have the, uh, no privilege to ask the uh, medical workers to, to work in, the, in an appropriate uh, condition. Okay. So if not, uh, we are asking something, you know, unre- uh, making unreasonable demand for them. Okay, back on on the uh, the ability under the law for the the government to control movement across the border of Hong Kong residents. G, who is a legal professional, says, "Please do not purvey your and Regina's ignorance on potential use of the emergency regulations ordinance. Tell her to check existing laws. There is a specific ordinance dealing with public health emergencies. There has been no legal challenge to that ordinance. If she doesn't know about it, and Exco doesn't either, time for them all to step down." That comes. We from know Jim. that order. You know, the government has, is already employing CAP 599, your prevention and control of disease. The powers are not sufficient. They're not adequate. They're not clear enough. That is a very old ordinance. The government already gazetted this epidemic as one of the diseases which ought to be controlled last year. You know, you know the government is taking very serious legal advice, rest assured. Okay, one more comment from Linda P to, to address to you, Ms Yip, who says, you say other measures are being considered, but as usual it seems we're experiencing the same rhetoric from the Hong Kong government. By the time they finish considering, weeks or months will have gone by exactly the same way they did with Carrie Lam's snail-like final retraction of the extradition bill. Her decision came too late for Hong Kong. Also another point, apparently this virus can be carried by people with no symptoms whatsoever. How can they monitor cross-border passengers if it can be passed uh, this way? That thought from uh, Linda P. Well, thank you very much indeed. Virginia, uh, Executive Councillor, Chairman of the New People's Party for uh, joining us this morning, along with uh, Ip Kinyon, who's a uh, lawmaker who represents the education uh, sector. Uh, Iman Villanueva uh, from the Filipino Migrant Workers Union will be joining us uh, after the news at uh, nine. Stick with us and we'll read out your messages as well. Backchat at rthk.hk uh, is the address. The weather mainly cloudy with sunny intervals today. Temperatures up to about 21 degrees, 17 degrees at the moment. Humidity is 78%. Uh-huh the week with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're continuing to talk, of course, about uh, developments with the uh, novel coronavirus uh, in Hong Kong and the mainland. Uh, and uh, around the world now, the first death outside Hong Kong, outside, I'm sorry, outside uh, the mainland has been uh, reported um, in the Philippines. And uh, the Philippines uh, have also uh, issued the first travel ban uh, on Hong Kong that, that I'm aware of. Um, they've uh, uh, means that uh, uh, they won't allow any travellers to come from uh, China, mainland China, Hong Kong and Macau to uh, safeguard the country. Uh, Filipinas are allowed to return home, but they are subject to a 14-day uh, quarantine. Um, we're joined now by Iman Villanueva, who's a spokesperson for the Filipino Migrant Workers Union uh, in uh, Hong Kong. If you've got any questions or comments uh, on that angle, please uh, give us a call, 233-88266, or you can uh, email backchat at rthk.hk. We'll read out your messages. Um, we may uh, have to drop ones on uh, other topics 
uh, I'm afraid, today. Uh, Bowen says, um, Fernando Chung's letter to Hong Kong yesterday deserves to be read with care and appreciation as it crystallises elegantly many of the important points made so far about closing the border or tightly regulating the closure of the border, to be precise. I would just add that seeing the disease has an incubation of a period of 14 days and the Lunar New Year holidays lasted until the 28th of January. The two weeks from the 29th of January to the 11th of February and shortly afterwards will be the most critical period in which returnees from the mainland can carry the disease back to our community. This group of people, estimated to be about 180,000, according to Dr Alfred Wong in last Friday's back chat, could be both locals and mainlanders staying in Hong Kong who had gone back to the mainland over the Lunar New Year. The fact that they'd only started coming back to Hong Kong for a couple of days by last Friday could be one important explanation for Danny's question in Friday's back chat about why we had still not seen a huge surge of locally transmitted cases. As we heard yesterday about the first possible locally transmitted case, what we are going to do regarding the returnees during the 14-day incubation period in the days to come will seal our fate as to whether the coronavirus will become localised. Any further squabbles about whether we should close the border will be unforgivable, as we all know precisely what we're talking about, as well as what other cities and countries are already doing. First, we must immediately stop the entry of all visitors, not workers transporting supplies of goods to Hong Kong, at all checkpoints, regardless of nationality, from the mainland or transiting from the mainland through a third place to Hong Kong, except for ex- apart from exceptional and monitored cases. Second, retainees must be scrupulously categorised, with those most at risk quarantined and tested the next most risky group being instructed to stay at home and be available for tests and monitored by electronic devices if possible and the still less risky group having their personal and contact details taken down and instructed to stay at home at all times for 14 days if possible and to wear protective masks given to them if they do venture outside with any breach of conditions making them liable to being arrested. That's uh, Bowen's suggestion. Uh, Derek says, the World Health Organization has advised against travel restrictions. However, I think the border with the mainland should be closed to non-essential traffic, particularly when so many local medical staff who are on the front line of this fight have demanded this action be taken. I don't think China, stroke the Hong Kong government, will do so unless the situation gets much worse. The second phase of the hospital strike may may make things much worse. That comes um, from uh, Derek and Alex says anyone's from mainland he writes in this kind of um, um, cod Chinese uh, style okay Alex says anyone's from mainland has chance of infection this wise other countries not letting anyone's in who had been in China recently even in China movement is restricted good on public healthcare workers pushing for takings action stop non-Hong Kong people enter quarantine Hong Kong people enter so simple but Hong Kong must patriotic pot guy, allowing possible infected peoples into Hong Kong. Welcome, welcome, happy, happy party time. We can only hope curry lamb get infected. All country with people in the name, not give ras, rat ass about the peoples. You know my talkings. That comes from Alex. One more. Um, our ability to sp- fight the spread of the virus is hampered by the cancer that is the loss of our autonomy. The government's total inability to restore public confidence is due their f- to their failure to respond positively to the political crisis. I beg the government to use this crisis as an opportunity to change their attitude, respond to people's demands, open their ears and offer genuine uh, reform. And just actually, one more 
Peter says, have you ever checked who is now leading the Hospital Authority Employers Alliance calling for a strike? Among those leading the alliance are not medical workers. Just checked yesterday's press conference. They're the former flight attendant who was fired by Cathay Pacific a few years, a few months ago. And a former British Airways flight attendant union leader. Are those medical experts or medical workers who understand public health? No, this is a political movement who now want to exploit the current crisis for their political goals. That comes uh, from Peter. Okay. Uh, have we got our E-man Villanueva on the phone? Hello? Yes, Mr. Villanueva? Hello. Yes, yes hi, good morning. Hi, yes. Good morning, good morning, Mike. Good morning, you. Yes. How, how do you see this affecting the Filipino community in Hong Kong? Well, uh, actually, it is already seriously affecting uh, some of our compatriots here in Hong Kong. Just last night, uh, we've heard reports that uh, there were Filipinos, both uh, uh, migrant workers in Hong Kong and permanent residents of Hong Kong, who were not allowed to board the plane uh, going back or flying back to Hong Kong. And there were there was uh, a bit of a chaos last night in in the uh, international airport in Manila because uh, it was so sudden. Uh, people were also uh, uh, you know surprised with it that you know uh, they. They cannot understand the logic behind the uh, uh, banning of uh, Filipinos uh, leaving uh, uh, Manila to Hong Kong. Uh, I think it's understandable that the ban uh, should cover uh, uh, flights going and coming from China, but uh, uh, including Hong Kong and Macau is, uh, I think, uh, you know, going beyond what is uh, necessary at the moment. Well, I, I think uh, a lot of people are, uh, you know, caught by surprise. Aren't they obliged to come back within two weeks under the terms of their employment contract? Uh, well, uh, they, uh, it depends on the employers, actually, because, right. uh, I mean, at least for migrant domestic workers, those who were given, uh, uh, like, a few uh, days uh, to have uh, home leave, they are expected to come back. Uh, if, if, if their employers would be, you know, um, uh, understanding enough and... Uh, uh, they would accept that they, they can't, it's not really their fault, then, then that, that would be fine. But for some, you know, <laughs> the employers might, you know, uh, uh, take it or uh, use it as a reason to terminate their, their, their employment contract. And that would be really, really, uh, you know, serious uh, repercussion for, for the affected migrant workers. Right. For, for the others, yeah, the residents, I think uh, they are, they're also concerned because their families are here and uh, they're also working here. So, yeah, I think that would also affect their, their, their you know, what about usual... Our, uh, what about our immigration rules here for people who've, who've uh, gone back for a family visit and, and coming back? Is that no problem from Hong Kong immigration? Uh, as far as I know, there's no problem with that. As long as they, they, their visa to Hong Kong, their working visa is valid, uh, there shouldn't be any problem, and as long as the uh, the, the employers uh, did not uh, notify or inform the immigration uh, the, of any termination of contract, then they, they should be allowed to come in. Are the people going back to the Philippines still? Are they having two weeks in in uh, quarantine there? Uh, well, that, that that is correct. That is uh, what we we've heard from the uh, the uh, uh, government uh, yesterday. Um, Although uh, there was a bit of a clarification that uh, that that the uh, that the uh, quarantine is actually uh, it's a home it's a home self quarantine. 
right. uh, but will be monitored by the Department of Health. But still, you know, for those who are going back, like migrant workers who's having like a 10 days <laughs> uh, home leave, <laughs> and then they will be required to stay at home for 14 days, you know, then what's the point of going home, right? Yes. What about those who, who stay here and don't travel back to the Philippines? What, what did you make of the suggestion that they should not go out on their day off? Well, it's, I think it's, um, it's uh, for us, uh, singling out the migrant domestic workers uh, is, uh, you know, uh, probably uh, a bit uh, careless for the Labor Department to, to, to announce. Um, I mean... Um, for, for migrant domestic workers, telling uh, telling us to, let's say, stay at home is actually, uh, you know, uh, meaning it's stay at work because uh, <laughs> we have a very different case, right? I mean, we are living domestic workers. Yes. Uh, we're uh, working in the place where we live and, uh, you know, staying at home is staying at work. Um, and in some cases, there are migrant workers who would find it acceptable because they have their own room, they have uh, privacy. But, you know, you can just imagine if you don't have your own room, uh, you'll be asked to stay uh, for the whole day, uh, like in the living room or what, right. where, in the kitchen. Or, that, that would be very uncomfortable. And most of the time, people would be, uh, would be obliged, not, even if their employers would not ask them to work. They would be obliged. You know, yeah, well, what will you do? You, you know, the kids are you right. know, messing up and you, know, you have an elderly that you have to take care and... Uh, you know, he or she is sitting on a wheelchair, uh, cannot move. You know, you, you'll be obliged to do some That's work. That's right. If you're physically yeah. there, the inclination or the pressure to do the washing up or to exactly, take care exactly. of the elderly person will be quite overwhelming, would it? Exactly, exactly. So I, I think uh, it, it could have been better for, for, the, for the Labor Department to just, uh, you know, follow the uh, advisory that was uh, given by the, by the CHP. Uh, because the CHP came up with a very uh, uh, clear guideline uh, uh, for employers on how they can also and how they should also protect their domestic workers because it, it would be uh, meaningless if they're protecting their family but not in, but not their domestic workers because mm -hmm. they're opening up a you know a loophole uh, when 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 we're talking about you know protecting the household right so right. and and the, uh, item number three in their flyers specifically says that they should allow their domestic workers to, to, to take, uh, you know, their, their, their rest day outside unless the government uh, decided to ask people to stay at home. Then they, they, they should not ask their domestic workers to, to not take their home, uh, right. their uh, day off. Yes. Would, so would you advise... contradictory. Would you advise them in, on the, their day off rather than clustering together by the 10,000 under HSBC in Central or... Similarly, uh, maybe go for a walk in the country parks, get some fresh yes, air. Yes, yes, actually, actually, uh, uh, outdoors, uh, I, I would say is, uh, is uh, you know, it's still safe. Uh, rather than staying indoor, uh, it's healthier. Uh, you know, you can get fresh air. And uh, yesterday, I was in Central. I, I went to Central yesterday. I went around. I observed. And, you know, migrant domestic workers uh, around Central, uh, they don't congregate, uh, you know, in more than, you know, probably 15 or 20. And uh, they're, they're wearing masks. Uh, they're very conscious about, you know, especially about the, 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 the coronavirus uh, issue. Uh, I think uh, migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong, they, they are, you know, mature people. They know how to take care of themselves. Uh, they should just be given the, uh, you know, the uh, proper adv advice, the correct information. 
And uh, employers can also support uh, migrant domestic workers by providing them, uh, you know, uh, sufficient and nutritious food, uh, uh, vitamin C if possible, and, you know, uh, masks. Because we've heard some reports that uh, domestic workers were not given masks and were not allowed to use uh, hand sanitizers. Uh, I think that's also... Uh, not really that, good. That seems a bit strange, time. yeah. If, it, it, it's strange, right? If, if you're worried about it and you don't allow your helper to wear a mask when she goes out to the market exactly. and you don't allow exactly. her to use hand, something like you're encouraging her to bring the bring the virus back exactly, home. Exactly, yeah. It is, it is really weird, you know, and, and, and I think, uh, that's a good point. You mentioned about the market. I mean, uh, you know, we've, we've uh, heard reports about migrant workers being asked to go to the market almost every day, almost every day. They, they were, uh, they were uh, told to, to even uh, queue up in uh, dispensaries or, you know, pharmacies to, to, to wait for uh, uh, face mask supply, alcohol supply. But then uh, by Sunday, they were told you cannot go out. I mean, that's, <laughs> this is really ridiculous, right? I mean, every day there. You can only go out go when out. I need yeah. you to go out. Otherwise, exactly. you've got to stay yeah. home. Okay. And the whole family actually goes out anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is really unfair. And uh, we, we, we thought it's quite discriminatory when they singled out migrant domestic workers. Mm. Okay, we'll stick around, Mr. Valin. Rather, some some, some comment uh, from our listeners uh, related to uh, aspects of the discussion uh, so far, uh, and indeed from uh, last week. Uh, Guy says uh, on an email, "I would like to place on record my thanks and appreciation for our, our hospital authority, fire services department, rescue and ambulance staff for their dedication, humanity, and expertise over decades of service. The fact that so many HA staff have felt the need to take industrial action is just the latest indication of how inept." and bereft of leadership ability our SAR government in name only is. Our arrogant, cowardly and unimaginative appointed principal officials and ex-co members don't seem to realise how widely despised they are by the civil service and the public. They are failing so badly. That comes uh, from Guy. Alan says, uh, Regina, was that's a, who was in the first part of the programme, Regina was throwing shade on Hong Kong people's spirit now as opposed to SARS and suggesting that the medical staff who are demanding border closures are politically motivated. The difference in people's attitude is that they see the government, both in the mainland and Hong Kong, uh, has learned nothing, that the PRC's first concern was to cover up and Hong Kong government's first concern is not to offend the mainland officials. The decision not to restrict and, in fact, to encourage more visitors via the Zhuhai Bridge shows exactly what's important to Mrs Lam. Regina complaining that they do not have the power to restrict travel is ominous. Who cannot suspect that this will be used as a Trojan horse, like the murder that was the pretext for extradition legislation to restrict Hong Kong's people, Hong Kong people's freedom permanently? The loss of confidence in the government has serious consequences. The police are ineffective in beating down demands for democracy and cannot be used to fight a virus. Hong Kong needs a leader who tells the truth and can take actions to protect the citizens who she asserts power over. That comes uh, from uh, Alan. Uh, Alex says, uh, again, this is in the sort of... Um, uh, uh, um, what's the word? Pigeon. Uh, Broomhead saying CAP 599 Old Law. Uh, E-legislation.gov.hk, oldest version, date 2008. Uh, ERO, 1920-something right. Drop pants, pass wind. Please no more broomhead RTHK. Exco nonsense, executive nonsense. Hong Kong deserve better. You know my talkings. 
That's oh, no. From Alex. Not his talkings again. Andrew F. says, uh, ankle bracelets for home quarantine. This is, sorry, the subject line is Bowen. Uh, so Andrew F. says, ankle bracelets for home quarantine, arrest if step outside. Seems Bowen can't decide between condemning our supposed police state or advocating for one. People need to gain a little perspective here and look at the data on this virus vis-a-vis H5N1, MERS and SARS, specifically mortality rates and the age groups of those severely affected. It's important, obviously, to react appropriately, but overreaction and blind panic seems to be setting in. Uh, And uh, comments on our Facebook page... um, Ed says, clearly, when people are suggesting the need to close the borders, it's to all non-essential travel, such as tourism, to suggest complete isolation, including items such as food and medical supplies, disingenuous at best, and is taking an extreme view to allow putting one country above public safety. At the moment, Hong Kong has the same controls as a railway station in China, so it's no surprise the world will no longer recognise Hong Kong separately in terms of travel, as the government ignores the ability to have two systems. TC says the local, the latest political showdown is now the 2.0 version of the extradition bill saga. The government's response to closing the border is the same as that of the five demands. With regards to the SAR government citing discrimination for not banning any non-Hong Kong permanent residents from entering mainland China, ethnic Chinese are in no place to talk about that. Look at what happened in Nagoya when 70 uh, passengers from Shanghai refused to board a plane if 16 from Wuhan were allowed to. In uh, in anything, Carrie Lam should head to the U, uh, U.S., Singapore, Italian and Australian consulates, as well as those of countries that have closed their borders from anyone who's been in China and expressed the same concern. Zach says, close all the gates. Uh, Yao Kuan Q says, control the spread of the coronavirus carriers into Hong Kong. And Marion says, in light of the restrictions in many regions, cities, towns and villages in China to protect respective residents, it's a feeble attempt in Hong Kong by limited but not complete closure of the border, allowing 20,000 plus mainlanders in daily. It's not a solution. That comes from uh, Marion. OK, back to the Philippines and Mr Villanueva. Villanueva, sorry. Um, what is the situation in the Philippines itself? There's uh, actually, um, I would say, a bit of a panic. Um, people are, there's also an inadequate supply of face masks. Um, the government seems to be more interested in uh, trying to uh, cover up what's happening rather than uh, properly inform the people. There was uh, news that came out yesterday that that the uh, the uh, the death of the uh, the one uh, confirmed. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, patient was actually uh, already. Uh, uh, the, the, the authorities were uh, they were aware of it already, but right. but this particular uh, uh, person uh, he wasn't included in the uh, initial announcement of those who were confirmed as uh, affected. So the people were like asking around, uh, why why is that this person <laughs> wasn't included uh, in, in the uh, you know in the initially announced uh, confirmed. Uh, cases of right. uh, NCOG. Um, also, uh, I think the government, uh, you know, they, it, people are uh, trying to understand the, the logic behind it. I mean, even the, 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 the uh, travel ban. I mean, initially, the government doesn't want to impose any ban to China. I mean, coming to and from China. China. And then suddenly, when they came out with the, with the ban, it, it covers, uh, you know, areas beyond. 
like including the, the special administrative region. So uh, earlier they don't want it, and then afterwards they, uh, it's like it's exaggerated. Right. And so yeah, I mean people are. I think they they're just trying to 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 to, to work on how to protect themselves. The the, uh, the, the the health secretary is more like a PR person than a health secretary. Uh, uh, I did read. Yes. I did read that um, the, first, the twenty-four suspected cases were in fact already cleared. Um, uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I not think yet. they're still under observation because it hasn't. Uh, I mean, the fourteen-day observation period hasn't uh, expired yet, so right. they're still under observation. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I think people are demanding that uh, the government should be more transparent. Yes. Uh, on the uh, uh, on this uh, uh, you know the, the locations and the situation you know the, the development on the on the uh, uh, health condition of these uh, people who are being observed and uh, also the the one uh, uh, which is a confirmed case of NCOV, uh people are uh, demanding that the government should be more transparent they should not you know try to cover up anything uh, to to at least appease China. <laughs> Uh, they, they should be more concerned about the, the people's uh, you know, safety. Uh, okay, yeah, interesting. I just got a, a message, an email from uh, Anna, uh, you know, the uh, co-host of uh, Backchat, uh, who says, uh, Hugh, I had a misfortune to try to fly uh, PL, Philippine Airlines, from London Heathrow to Hong Kong via Manila yesterday. Not a word about mm. the, the Hong Kong flight ban on boarding in London. It was even issued a boarding pass for Manila to the Hong Kong leg. Uh, not a word on the flight. Arrived to chaos in Manila. Flights from all over coming in to find no onward flights to Hong Kong. After a four-hour queue, got to a Philippine Airlines a ticketing office staff member who said next flight to Hong Kong, February the 29th. You, you can <laughs> That's correct. You can have a refund. That's it. Tough. Luckily, <laughs> says Anna, Cathay Pacific had a flight at 5 a.m. this morning to Hong Kong, but charged me $4,000 for a single ticket. Nothing like profiting from a crisis, Cathay Pacific. As for Manila Airport's handling of this uh, disaster, that comes from Anna. So that bears out what you were saying, Mr. Vunova. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, if you're a Philippine passport holder, you won't be allowed to leave. <laughs> it does seem a bit strange what you said before. One minute there's no restriction at all, and yeah. then it, maybe you could understand a graduated restriction, say, okay, nobody from Hubei province uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. one one other city or uh, something like that. But then to suddenly go from one extreme right to the other, the whole of mainland China and Macau and Hong Kong, it does, <laughs> doesn't seem to yeah, be it, a progression. It, 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 yeah, and, and, and I mean... Uh, I would understand if Hong Kong is imposing a travel ban for those coming from the Philippines, but you know, Hong Kong did not do that. I mean, it should be Hong Kong who would, who should be you know imposing such kind of you know uh, entry bans uh, if they are concerned with like people coming from the Philippines. Uh, but for those leaving the Philippines going to Hong Kong, uh, you know, they, they should be allowed. I mean, coming in, of course, you know, the, the government can can can, can impose that, but. But leaving the Philippines, going to Hong Kong is really, I, I don't know what the, what's the logic behind. And, and yeah, it, it's a bit strange. From it, yes. very lax, like doesn't want to do anything, then suddenly uh, a very extreme measure, exaggerated at that. And, uh, yeah, people can understand. Of course, it is a way of encouraging people to fly direct in future, isn't it? Rather than 
going via Manila. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people, you know, last night I heard that some some people, uh, those who have, I mean, those who have the means, they bought tickets, uh, you know, from Manila to going to somewhere else, hoping that they can, you know, fly to Hong Kong via a third country. Right, maybe fly to Bangkok or Phnom yeah, Penh and then come on. <laughs> yeah, so... It, it's really, uh, you know, not only uh, it's not only a uh, an inconvenience. Uh, it's also very costly. I mean, for for migrant domestic workers, I think there's really not much choice. I mean, they we cannot afford to buy another ticket, and so we will just have to, you know, uh, weather the storm and uh, wait. Uh, I, I think the government should seriously reconsider this. Uh, uh, there are migrant workers who are very concerned about their employment here in Hong Kong. I mean, the situation in Hong Kong, I don't think it's, uh, it, it really requires, you know, such kind of uh, action from the Philippine government. Uh, well, okay, and, uh, okay yeah. we've got an email from S who says, regarding migrant workers, to put it into perspective, the government did advise against large public gatherings. So if somebody catches a virus, it can be passed to a helper, and then with large gatherings can either be passed to others. That's from S. Mr. Wunreiver? Yeah, I think I think that's a fair advice. I mean, uh, uh, but the, the, I mean, the trouble, trouble is that gathers, yeah. I mean, the trouble is that that um, uh, domestic helpers in you know all over Hong Kong do do gather in large groups, and that's unhealthy, isn't it? Uh, well, it's uh, usually yes, but in in uh, currently no. I mean, mm. uh, uh, for example, um, I mean it's been happening for the past few weeks. Uh, uh, the the migrant workers are quite aware of the situation, and they're uh, when they they are gi- given proper advice and you know they they got correct information, they know what to do. I mean they they don't they don't gather uh, like uh, like they used to be. I mean they, they used to do. Uh, like I, what I told you yesterday, I was around Central, and you know it's it's not really the case. I mean uh, well they, we've also cancelled most of our activities. Uh, I mean, uh, we we don't want to we don't want also to put our members or you know the the, the migrant community at risk. Uh, so I think, but I think the problem there is like uh, singling out uh, migrant domestic workers is uh, I, I think is uh, really unnecessary. Mm. I mean, a general advisory should be you know it should be uh, sufficient enough. But when you single out a migrant domestic migrant domestic workers community, asking everyone to stay at home during the rest day. I mean, uh, the question is, are they telling the people uh, of Hong Kong to just stay at home? Uh, if that's the case, we will follow. Okay, so more, some more comment uh, from listeners just to uh, finish off. Uh, Thomas says, health declaration and telling the truth or not. A health minister is checking whether to use a piece of existing legislation to impose fines on fraudulent de- uh, declarations. She mentions 5000 Hong Kong dollars or six months jail. To put matters in perspective, as example, for loitering, one could get two years. For committing an act of disgusting nature, one could get up to seven years plus a fine. I think a penalty should reflect the relative seriousness of the offence. In the case of the Wuhan virus, the seriousness of the offence lies in endangering the lives of uh, others. And um, 
Maxine says, uh, I, Dear Bakshan, I listened to some fellow, I think his name was Peter, quote numbers from the CDC about the number of deaths from H1N1, this is last week, and then listened to other people dismiss him as he was spreading fake news. Well, I checked the CDC site. Um, the site says the CDC estimated that 151,700 to 570 5,400 people worldwide died from H1N1. So this Peter was correct, and those who criticised him were wrong. Maybe the people who accused this Peter guy of spreading fake news should get their facts straight before spreading fake news themselves. Otherwise, they sound like ignorant fools. That comes from Maxine. However, Andrea says, Dear Backchat, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for the great work you're doing. I really enjoy your programme and respect and appreciate your work. Uh, secondly, if I, I regret if I caused any confusion on Friday. I looked up for you the details of the H1N1 virus that caused a pandemic in 2009, as much as I could find in case you wanted to have a quick look. Still, I did not find any reference to nearly as high figures as quoted by Peter on your programme. And there are links to uh, figures quoted from Wikipedia, from The Lancet, and from the CDC, in particular the, the USA figures. Um, sorry, I... I'm not going to go back and look and see what exactly what Peter said and what Maxine's saying. Uh, some disagreement there. Anyway, uh, Andrea, who concludes by saying, wish you a healthy and successful year of the rat. Unlike Xiao Cheng, who says, with the subject line, mask up, we can't see if you're wearing masks. I hope so. So many uh, fetid... Oh wait for this. So many fetid, bleeding sores aired in your studio. A very unhealthy... Place. That comes um, from Xiao Cheng. Uh, Mr. Villanueva, thank you for joining us today, spokesperson for the Filipino Migrant Workers Union. Mike, thank you very much indeed. Oh, into the minibus and the MTR. Yes, more fetid, bleeding sores. Without a way. mask. <laughs> without a mask, yeah. yeah. Are you the only person on the MTR without a mask? No, I did see another guy uh, on <laughs> <laughs> one day last week um, when I went to the wife's family uh, for some dinner. I went on the MTR right. and uh, another bold soul and I eyeballed each other in a carriage full of very suspicious masked persons. Right. Well, we'll draw a veil there. Uh, the weather, mainly cloudy with sunny intervals, maximum temperature about 21 degrees. That looks slightly cool and windy with a few rain patches in the next couple of days. 18 degrees now. Humidity is at 76%. To prevent the spread of disease, make sure all drainage traps contain water. Pour half a liter of water into each drain outlet every week. Check sinks, baths, toilets, and floor drain outlets regularly. If drainage pipes are leaking or blocked, or drain outlets emit a foul smell, arrange prompt inspection and repair by a qualified person. Don't alter drains and pipes on your own. Visit chp.gov.hk for details. 9.34, the news now with Ben Che. Former Liberal Party leader Selena Chow says thousands of Hong Kong people are going to the mainland to work and returning every day, increasing the chances of further spreading the Wuhan virus here. The government is coming under increasing pressure to fully close the border, with thousands of hospital staff vowing to go on strike today. And mainland authorities say 56 more people have died from the virus in Hubei province, taking the total to 360. It means more people on the mainland have died in the outbreak than the 2003 SARS.